This is The Business Machine. We talk with small business owners and entrepreneurs to get their advice on how they run their machines. These inspirational leaders share with us some of the tools they use to run their machines and talk about some of the mistakes they made along the way and what they learned. As business owners, we're all trying to fuel our machines, create a great team and put tools in place so that eventually our machines will run themselves. So get ready. Up next, the business machines firing up. Hey guys, this is Brian and I just want to tee up this interview because it's a really good one and Sharon Haddon um, from Social Savvy Consulting Group is up next and you really should listen to this one because she's a perfect guest for us and the reason why is that, you know, she's started her small business after working for, of all places, the FBI um, and she really is talking about how she is educating people on how to do um, social media, how to get their brand out there, how to you know do strategic planning to do the right thing and the very best thing. And she really talks about how important that education piece is. And I really like that. And she talks a lot about trying to do work-life balance and how we both don't like that. So um, enjoy this one. Sharon Haddon of Social Savvy up next. Hey everyone, it's Brian again from The Business Machine. And today, I say this every time, but I'm gonna say it again, super excited. We have Sharon Haddon here, and Sharon Haddon of Social Savvy is an experienced public relations and communication specialist with top secret level clearance. And she can legitimately back that up, and I'll tell you why in a minute. And over five years experience developing and executing strategic PR, social media, content strategy programs on behalf of B2B, B2C, nonprofit, and government entity. Sharon, how you doing? Hi, Brian. Pretty good this morning. Nice and early there in California. Where are you at in California? Uh, I'm in Monterey Bay area, so just off the edge of the world, I'd say. Yeah, it's beautiful there, isn't it? Absolutely. So how's today? What's your big plans for the rest of the day today besides crushing it and just doing amazing things? Well, uh, this is actually my first week on a new, very big project that requires me to be in their offices. So oh, wow. I made it through my first week, and Good. I'm going to celebrate with ice cream sandwiches at the end of the day. <laughs> that sounds perfect. I love those. I haven't. That just takes you back to uh, when you were a kid, that taste and love the ice cream sandwiches. Amazing. So tell us a little bit. You're at a party or you're eating ice cream sandwiches with somebody and they say, thanks for the ice cream sandwiches. But what do you do? What do you say? Uh, short version is I help small businesses do communications on a big business scale. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what that means small businesses on a big business scale because we do that a lot here too at Michigan Creative but you know there's this talk all the time and it's like you got to be on social media you got to do social media and usually people either a you know they're not doing it correctly or they don't have time to do it or they don't necessarily want to pay somebody else to do it because it can be it can be expensive so how do you make even the smallest business really do social media and PR in the correct way Absolutely. Well, um, my core focus is on strategic planning and training. Um, so a lot of what I'll do is, you know, making sure that business owner understands the pieces of the content machine or, you know, uh, not necessarily the best uh, social networks for their industry, but what works best strategically in positioning their business, you know, the demographics and psychographics there. Um, on the training end and then for strategic planning, really laying it out, you know, as a big 
corporation would where whether that's editorial calendars or you know developing content themes and content strategies so from the very beginning you start off you know on message on point and you build and scale from there yeah let's talk about that a little bit and i love what you're saying content machine because not just because the podcast is called (laughs) business machine but um but also that I, i like thinking about social media in in that way because you know people just think, well, Facebook, you got to do this, but really, and correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't it go back always to content? Yeah, it always goes back to content. And what I like to share with my clients um, is just, you know, even go a little bit beyond content, like your content should strike up conversations, it should inspire someone to take an action. Uh, But yeah, it all it all boils down to content. Now, we, we've had clients say to us, and I'm sure you have too, that they'll say something like, well, it, none, of my, none of my customers are on, on Facebook, or, which is funny because everyone's on Facebook. But there are certain social media channels that may not be perfect for a business. And also, I think some businesses just assume that they have to be on everything all the time, and so that maybe that holds them back from doing anything. Do, do you find that, and what do you say to them? Oh, yeah, I I do find that uh, in most small businesses, uh, they focus on collecting a lot of social assets or, you know, investing in a lot of resources just because it's that pressure to perform, that pressure to, you know, bring in the money, generate the revenue and keep your business going. Um, But what I like to say um, at the very start of a relationship is let's just figure out where your high value market is, you know, spend three months really focused on the platform that they are, really sharing information that adds value to their lives. Um, And, you know, usually within that three-month window, they get used to the idea of not being so scattered and and, uh, sparse across social channels. Um, So that's usually my my strategy of helping to kind of nurture them over into uh, doing communications uh, on a big brand scale. So I want to talk about two different sides of this. Is is first, let's talk about all right, I, I'm a small business, and, and I know you know it's going to depend on what you do and where your customers are too a little bit. But if there was a go-to channel, if you if you went into a small business or a large, doesn't really matter, and, and they didn't, weren't doing anything on social media, first of all, let's talk about where do you start. What's the first thing that you would suggest that you do, or what's the first? What's that? What did that first day look like when you went in to work with somebody over there? What What's the first couple hours going to look like when we we work with social savvy? Uh, the first couple hours would definitely be understanding um, business structure, you know, business goals. What are their goals for growth? I try my best to really tie in what's going to be happening on social media marketing into, you know, what is the core focus of their business uh, and how can we help uh push that forward. So it's not just social or communications. It's this whole separate wing and this mysterious process. It's all tied directly back into your business objectives and goals. Yeah. And what do you think, you know, what is that strategy? And and a lot of times you'll hear people say, well, we really don't know if we have enough content to share or we're not really even sure if that's, you know, what the message is that we want to put out there. I mean, how do you, how do you help them craft that? Because sometimes 
um, they don't even know. Like they know how to run their business and they know how to do the product that they're making or the services and they're really good at it. But then when you ask them about their business, like you and I were talking earlier, like sometimes we have a hard time telling people <laughs> what we do, which we should never say live on a podcast, but, but it's true. And, and so that's gotta be one of the, you know, that's gotta be a process that you also help them kind of craft their message before you do anything. Yeah, 100%. And the first step is listening. Um, You know, getting on the web and seeing what people are saying about your business currently, you know, listening to some of those uh, comments that friends and family have made or what products or services people are particularly interested in. I like to start from that outside because we often do better with what people are saying about us. You know, we take that persona on of what other people have said we're great at. Um, And then taking it from there and saying, hey, this is the story that's currently there online or, you know, within your circle. Is this a story that you're comfortable with or are there some tweaks that we need to make? Is there something else you want to be really prominently known for? So I take this step of from the outside and then looking in to to really narrow down on what that core focus and that message is. So let's let's talk about that moment when you're like, you know what, I'm going to start a business. <laughs> and, I can, and I laugh because I remember that moment. I, and like I was telling you earlier, as I, I was an educator forever. And, and I remember the, the moment and the first couple of weeks were like, woo, and this is awesome. I'm a small business owner. And then it was like, oh, man, yep. <laughs> what, did, what did I just do? And so to give us that moment and tell us a little bit about your background, because I think it's fascinating. And, and I like the, the secret issue or what you say in the beginning there and talk about how you have top level clearance. But talk to us about that moment where you're like, you know what, I'm going to do this. Sure. Uh, Well, I feel like most all entrepreneurs kind of grow up uh, dabbling in a little bit of this and that or, you know, they're the person with the lemonade stand or uh, I was, you know, the community newsletter writer girl. <laughs> <laughs> I like that title. That's your title right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I'm, a perfect title. It. It was, <laughs> yeah. What can I do that's cool uh, that I'm really particularly passionate about? And at that time, uh, going through college, I didn't really know it was going to be owning a, a business for me sure. until my senior year of college when a magazine I was interning for goes, Hey Sharon, you know we want we want you to just take a shot at doing our social media for a little while in addition to writing. And honestly, by the end of that, you know, the end of the school year, I landed a job as managing editor for the magazine, but I really gotten this whole perspective on how digital social media, you know, mm-hmm. will influence uh, how small businesses work and thrive, you know, from then and then till now and even in the future. So the moment I knew that business was for me was really just kind of happenstance uh, of somebody believing in me and a project going really well. And um, after I left that managing editor position, I started work with the FBI. Yeah, that's a little that's a little <laughs> different magazine to FBI. It was 100% different, um, but in terms of wanting to grow business, meet new contacts, build those relationships, it wasn't something I could do in my hometown of Greenville, South Carolina, (laughs) (laughs) but it was was something that I could do in Washington, D.C., where the FBI office was. So it just kind of grew and snowballed from there um, until me making the real full commitment to be a business owner uh, just this past year. 
So what were you doing for the FBI at that point? Were you still doing PR and, and social media and those those type of things? You weren't like going out on, on crime scenes or anything, right? Uh, not at first. Oh, um, really? In my first few years with uh, with the Bureau, I focused more heavily on the actual, you know, internal workings, background investigations okay. and more kind of staffing human resources level. Um, but after moving to California, I switched to more of that community relations, public affairs. Uh, and it did require me to go out on scene a, a couple times and, you know, make sure no media was harassing our agents. And so it was, it was a really cool experience and taught me just a lot about the sensitivities around uh, you know, the inner workings of your business, the sensitivities about what you put forefront, you know, reputation management that I think is really core to my strategic focus. Yeah, that's interesting because I th I, I, I've heard, uh, you know, I've heard people talk about um, reputation management, but that's not something that I think businesses necessarily think about first. They, you know, I think the first thing is, is well, we got to do social media. We got to get out there more. We got to get in the press, but they don't really think about that. And is that a piece? Let's talk about that a little bit because I think that's super important. Absolutely. No. Um, for, for me, I think that's the most important piece where, you know, word of mouth, what people are saying about you, right. how people perceive you is ultimately what's going to make your business uh, thrive and grow. So it's important to take a look at, well, what's your current reputation or uh, in social media terms, what's your clout? <laughs> right. You know, what level of influence do you have? Because that reputation, uh, that visibility and authority is directly tied into the level of influence you'll have and ultimately uh, whether you'll stay in business or not. Yeah, that's interesting. That clout is, you know, how far does how far do you go and how important it is? And we, you know, we can't always hear feedback from all of our customers or how people perceive us personally. I mean, we can get testimonials and things like that, but social media is the place and reviews and you know, there's all sorts of different channels that people can use to voice their opinion about your business. So it can be super important. I mean, a couple of bad reviews, if you treat them the wrong way, um, can really be a, a, a bad thing for a business. For sure. Uh, my rule of thumb is, you know, the only bad review is the one that you didn't respond to or the right. one that you didn't answer. Yeah, because I've seen that before and I, I can't remember who it was. It was a larger chain. And the way I think it was a coffee, a chain coffee shop here in town called... Um, Bigby and they're you know they're kind of spreading out over across the Midwest but the way that they handled a I think somebody was mad about their latte they got really you know their four dollar latte and that was just they decided to spend an hour on on, on Facebook writing this long <laughs> review it's like come on I wish I had an hour to do that that's here nor there that's just me going off on a tangent but they uh, responded really well and they're like oh my gosh we're really sorry it didn't taste perfect for you so um, here's a $20 gift card and and somebody else was was talking about it actually that we were out it was just random that we saw it and they're they're like the way they responded to that made me a a, a big me client for life exactly exactly that's where the magic happens where if you really do pay attention to you know your reputation your presence making sure you are putting that customer first uh, the one person that has a bad experience, if you're able to convert that over, you've got 10 other people in line sure. behind them to support your business for life. Yeah. And I, I think I'm sure that after that person did that and then the way they responded, they're like, oh man, now I feel bad. <laughs> yeah. You feel like crap when yeah. you just drug someone through the mud. I know, and, and then they're, they're like, so nice. So sorry. Yeah. 
So let's talk about two two versions, uh, really. I, I want to hear what you think your business is going to look like 10 years, and then I want to put you on the spot because I'm really fascinated by technology and the speed of different things flying at us. There's the new social media channel out almost every day, it seems like, and changes in how things are done. Twitter now allows video. Um, Instagram just increased their, their video from 30 seconds to 60, so we'll talk about that in a minute. But what does your business look like in 10 years? Ooh, I know, and right? 10 10- 10 years. Um, I, I think I, I mentioned to you that I call myself principal consultant right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, just because I'm hoping to give myself a, a raise and a promotion. Of I something think we can give you a promotion on the show. Like I can call you CEO. <laughs> like I'm cool with that. We can do that right here live on the show. I can't give you a raise. I mean, I can ask you to give yourself a raise, but. Well, I mean, my 10 year vision really includes that. Uh, uh, not only working in my business, but working on my business. And um, right now I work with lots of other virtual freelancers. Um, and so in 10 years, I'm hoping to, you know, have a staff built around this concept of being very strategic and, you know, your positioning on social, very strategic uh, in your efforts for marketing and communications and uh, hoping to really include my family in on that. I've got lots of nieces and nephews. Cool. So, I'm hoping that, you know, by the time they get to their internship level, uh, this business, this company is a place that they can go, that they can learn uh, and, you know, really turning this into just a resource and an education hub for small business owners to learn more about social media, marketing and PR. Yeah. And I love that piece that you talk about online and and today, obviously, but as education and, and we're trying to do that with some of our video services. And I was telling somebody how we're going to try to help people, you know, because we shoot professional video, but I also want to try to help people shoot their own very much, very much like what you're doing with social media. And at first people are like, why aren't you working yourself out of a job? And I don't think so because, and and I know you don't think so either, because ultimately we want them to be able to do it themselves. And then, then when they need that higher level or more training or they need strategic planning, that's when we come in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, our efforts, uh, as you know, the business working with them or creating the material, it's only as good as what they can do on their own. So preparing them with those tools or, you know, that knowledge to be able to do some things in between is just going to make sure they have better results uh, and better business success. Yeah. And I like your uh, having your nieces come in and nephews and work. And (laughs) and that's just great because my sons are, uh, I've got two sons and one's one's 15 and one's 11. And they both kind of are interested in the video. And I would love to have them come in and be interns and I'm sure they're going to charge me, though, but that's the thing. I'm like, well, you know, and they should. They're <laughs> smart, and they've learned a lot from their dad if they do charge you. <laughs> well, I could say, well, if you open up the refrigerator, there's your pay in there, and that's been like that for 15 years, and they just they shake their heads and walk away. Touche. I know. Kids. This episode of The Business Machine is sponsored by the one and only Michigan Creative. That's right. Michigan Creative sponsors this Business Machine podcast for now. So if you have other sponsors that would be willing to sponsor our little Business Machine podcast, it's a great resource for business owners across the globe. And this one is sponsored by us here at Michigan Creative. Michigan Creative is a full-service marketing and design firm in Lansing, Michigan. We provide mobile-friendly websites, 
digital marketing, video production, branding, graphic design, and much, much more. So we'd love to work with you uh, wherever you are. And we really just want to talk to you. So if you want to just talk to us here at Michigan Creative, you can call me. My cell phone is 517-899-4533 or just visit michigancreative.com. All right, back to the show. So let's talk about and I don't really know, and I don't think any of us know, because 10 years in technology is a lifetime. Um, but what I'm just curious always about is that you and I, more than anybody, really need to stay on top of what's, you know, what social media is doing and, and what PR is doing and how we're going to you know, best uh, represent our clients. Um, but I, I think what you talked about in the beginning is always going to be true. And I think two things are true is number one, content's always going to be needed, whether it's video, whether it's hologram, whatever it is, 360. Um, and there's always going to need to be experts like you to help people do that. But that means that you and I have to make sure that we keep up with the technology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and we can't do everything all the time. So what, what do you think we're going to be doing? What's what, you know, how are we going to be getting our messages out in, in, in a few years and five years? What's going to change? Oh, this is a juicy one. Yeah, I, know. Uh, I just, probably, I don't know. Yeah. Well, probably one of my favorites to speculate on too, because, um, I, I think there's so much going on with AI, you know, artificial sure. intelligence or the internet of things. And, you know, as professionals in the industry of communications, we're really going to have to think about how do we tie that those technologies into our content and, you know, into our strategy to make more personable and, you know, real experiences for the people that we engage and interact in. Uh, I think in a few years, you know, everybody will be uh, you know, video avatar or, yeah. you know, it won't be this kind of hiding behind the computer type thing or hiding behind the business or the brand. It'll become a much more transparent experience. And I think technology will enable us to do that. Yeah. And I, I think that that what you said is, is we're really going to have to connect to people on a personal level. And we're going to have to connect mm-hmm. them in a way that works for them because, and that's why we love video here is because that's what people like because it's easy and you can, as a CEO, um, which you are now, by the way, um, <laughs> you can talk to people and say, look, and they want to work with somebody. But what I, I really think, and I'm sure you agree with us too, is that we're still going to need people that can write. Absolutely. And, to the core. And to the- everybody, and I'm sure you look for these, but any of our interns that we really, really keep and love are the ones that can write. And I don't really care if they can do anything else. Like obviously they have to, you know, be, be able to come on time and whatever, but I can train them how to do just about anything, but I can't teach somebody how to write. Exactly. I completely agree with that. And uh, writing, I think, I think we, we put so much focus and emphasis on that core skill just mm-hmm. because it's where all the magic happens. It doesn't matter, you know, the level of writing or the topic that you're writing about. I mean, on any given day, I find myself, writing about, you know, mobile technologies, but then I'm writing about health and beauty and jewelry. It just right. as as you have those core skills down. Like you can dream up anything. All right. So let's switch gears here a little bit and talk about you. Um, what do you do to, cause, and you and I talked about this is that we're trying to help other people, but we also have to work on our business, not only at our business. That's probably the hardest thing for entrepreneurs, I think, and small business owners. Um, so I'm going to put you on a spot a little bit. So how do you make sure that what you're teaching your clients, this is how you should post, this is how you should link up, this is how you should do this. How do you make sure that you're doing it for yourself and do you, and you can be honest. (laughs) 
I do do it for that's myself. Right. Good job. Uh, and that's actually a newly established habit. Um, before I was very much focused on, you know, doing it for the clients and sure. making sure their got work, their work got done. But uh, I have started more prioritizing, you know, that I'm practicing what I preach. And honestly, the way that I've done that is um, through continued learning. It's a it's a little tricky, but when there's, you know, someone else is counting on me or there's a deadline for me to write this blog post in the week because it's a school assignment due or, you know, that has kind of given me a whole new level of accountability in my business to make sure that I'm learning the newest technologies, I'm testing and experimenting those out on myself and my own business, mm -hmm. uh, and then I'm finding ways to scale. So I can take that same approach and practice to uh, the businesses that I work with and say, hey, you know, I've actually experienced this. This was my success or this was, you know, my experience with it. I think that's it's so important that we do it for ourselves first so that the advisement that we are giving the businesses we work with is accurate and true. Yeah. And I always, tell, I always tell clients like, yeah, we tried this and that didn't work. So we're not going to do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we already they test. They do. Honesty. Yeah, they do. But let's talk about personally a little bit too, because as, as a small business owner and you know, we've got employees here too. And, and so we always have to be, I don't, I don't even know what to put. We always have to be up, I guess. And we always have to, you know, be focused and it's hard. Sometimes you can't be, and, and there's, you know, small running a business is, is tough, but how do you personally make sure that your machine, Sharon's machine is running efficiently all the time and you don't get burned out? Uh, I really depend heavily on, again, I, I mentioned those uh, freelancers that I work with, you know, I have a, a network of folks from whether those were, you know, people that I went to school with or people that I've met networking connections or, you know, even leveraging a, a large agency, you know, like Michigan creative or so there you go. I really heavily, <laughs> I really heavily depend on them to make sure my machine is well old and continues to run. And, and that could be as small as I've, you know, got a proposal coming up and I need some research done on the company or their industry. And I, you know, go outsource that. I, I say, let's, I, I can't do everything is the way that I've made sure my business and, you know, that, that is a well-oiled machine just because I go, I understand what my strengths are. Mm -hmm. I understand my threshold of work. And I am not afraid to go reach out to other experts to make sure it's done correctly, properly, and executed on time. Yeah, and that's always a challenge, I think, with, with especially in startups and when you're you know a couple of years into your business, it's, it's very hard to, I don't even want to call it giving up control. I think it's, it's very hard to delegate, I think, because oh, you're yeah. like, oh my gosh, I could just do this myself and it would be super quick. Um, and it's going to take me an hour to show somebody how to do this, but that's so important in a business is, and uh, to allow you to do what you should be doing, which is meeting with the clients and, and higher level leadership kind of thing. So that's good. I, it's tough to do. You can't do it every day, but it's one of the best things once you get it right. Absolutely. I, I like that word delegate. Delegate. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I've done really good at it. We've got a great staff. I mean, that's, I think our success is, is solely because of the people that work here. And I've, I've been very strategic about hiring people that were better and smarter than I was, which didn't, mm -hmm. didn't take very much time, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was easy, but, uh, they, they're, I mean, they're amazing. And, uh, it's, you know, it's cost us, I think, and I think we're going to be slower to grow because it's costing us a lot of money to have people here who work for us. 
but I think in the long run it's going to be better. Yeah, no, always play the long game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just want it to be not so long. Like I want it to hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we focus on mistakes a little bit here, and I, you know, I don't even like calling them mistakes, but that's what they are. I think that if we didn't make some of the mistakes that we made early on, and and almost every day, not every day, but you know, we do make some, and I think we've learned so much of things of what not to do. So what do you think was one of your biggest mistakes that you made when starting your company or running your company and something that you would tell a small business owner or an entrepreneur definitely don't do this? Uh, I would say don't wait too long. I, I strongly feel that my biggest mistake has been just not starting sooner. Uh -huh. um, while I was in D.C. and, you know, juggling my work with the FBI as well as freelance clients, I had a network, you know, there was this process. Um, I had referrals constantly coming in. I was probably making about half my government salary in my uh, freelance efforts, wow. you know, just a few hours in the evening and on the weekends. And I just held on so tightly to, you know, my work at the FBI and how my identity was connected there and how, you know, my family was so proud of me for doing that. And I couldn't dare throw it by the wayside. Yeah, they're like, what do you mean you're quitting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trust me. Um, they were a lot more supportive than I, I thought they were going to be. But my, I think my biggest mistake was just not starting sooner. So I would say definitely don't wait too long. You know, if you're in the swing of it, if you start to notice the trend, capitalize on every moment of that because like there that. will be a downtime. There will be, you know, so really maximize that upswing in your business or uh, kind of the circumstances that put you there. Um, and, and you're going to be better off for it. Yeah, that upswing is important. And I think somebody had told me once that you have to prepare for the highs of small business ownership and the lows because mm -hmm. sometimes the highs are just as worse or just, I don't want to say worse, but <laughs> they're like, you know, the, we get a big contract and you're like, woo, we got money and we're doing great. We got this great contract. Then you're like, shit, now I got to do all this work. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like, can we do later. it? Can we do it? <laughs> a week, yeah. A week later you go, uh, why, you know, why did I take it? And now I really got to get serious about how I'm going to get this done. Right. Like that's the complete total mind shift, uh, mind shift is, how do we just get it done now? Yeah, and I think that's that balance is when you're super busy, you still have to be thinking about getting more business because the sales cycle for us, I don't know about you, but it, it takes some time to finally get that client and where they're an active paying client and we're doing work for them. There's a, you know, so you could have a month in there where there's not much coming in. Absolutely. Hey everybody, this week's episode is also sponsored by Freshwater Apparel. Check out freshwaterapparel.com. That's fresh waterapparel.com and check out their spring collection of t-shirts and soon beanies are going to be on the way. We love these guys over at Freshwater. It's a Midwest clothing company and they make all their products in Lansing, Michigan and the shirts are 100% made in America. So you can't beat that. So if you love Freshwater like we do here at Michigan Creative, you should definitely check out their site. Lots more coming, but right now they have t-shirts and tanks for both men and women. Like I said before, beanies are coming, stickers, all that stuff. So check out freshwaterapparel.com and get fresh. Back to the show. So what do you think you have to work on? I mean, what, what do you think are some traits or some, some faults that something you always have to make sure that you don't go down this path personally that, that, uh, you, you know, try to keep yourself organized? Uh, I, 
that would certainly be the very message that, you know, I'm sharing with the businesses that I work with is don't take on too much. My biggest fault, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs do this, is, oh, I could make an ebook or I could sure. create an e-course or our start minds a podcast. Are always, yeah. It's a great idea. Yeah. Don't do our that. minds are always just working and thinking about, you know, what is this next big thing or what might my clients like? And so one of the things that I'm working on is dialing that back and just, you know, keeping a, 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 a log on Evernote of all the fantastic ideas that I have or maybe something that might be great for a business in the future, kind of sitting on those ideas rather than uh, acting on them immediately where right. you spread yourself so thin that you're no longer productive. You're, you know, you lose sight of. Uh, the core focus of your business, and that's when the problems happen. So that's one thing that I'm working on right now <laughs> yeah. is just containing my entrepreneur mind. It's awful. <laughs> like it's there should be – yeah. I want to make one of those fake commercials for like, um, you know, like they have like a prescription medicine where, you know, where it's like really slow motion and stuff, and but it'd be like a fake prescription for people like you and I. Like does, oh, your, <laughs> does your mind wander three or four times? <laughs> That'd be hilarious, and if you were to put that as a Facebook ad, I would probably be contacting you. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do that because I think that's those commercials are so funny to me. But it's so true, and I think Melissa, who's our COO here, is in charge. She's kind of like that medicine for me. She's in charge of telling me you can't do that, and because yeah. um, so, I I have a thousand ideas a day, and I'm like, oh hey, we should do this in our business, and we should start this business instead, and we should do this, and and. Melissa's like, hey, man, you have this business. It's called Michigan Creative, and we probably should work on that. <laughs> so this podcast was allowed. This podcast, she allowed it. That Hey, those are good checks and balances to have, mm -hmm. great checks and balances. Um, for me, again, it's, it's usually my family um, or friends in my circle that go, I thought you were doing this last week. And I go, <laughs> oh, but this great idea. And they yeah. say, Sharon, yeah, hey. come back, you know, come back, Sharon. It's hard. It's really, really hard. And, and, um, but it's also, I think, you know, just who we are. And I don't think we would have started a business if we weren't like that. I agree. Yeah. So, all right, let's talk about work-life balance. I hate that word and I hate that phrase, but I'm going to leave it in there because I like saying that I hate it because if we, <laughs> <laughs> so if we really like what we do and it, and I, and from what I can tell you love what you do. Um, so it doesn't always seem like work to us, but we, you and I could work 24-7, and sometimes we do, we have to be able to turn it off. Um, and your clients, and just like my clients, can find us anywhere at any time. So how do you turn it off, and can you? Um, I have a hard time turning it off just because it, it is like that entrepreneurship, what I do, that just keen nature of wanting to help people, it is a part of who I am. Uh, so it's it's hard to turn it off. So what I try to do is just be mindful of it. Uh, I think mm -hmm. I, I had a, a girls night a couple weeks ago and I took one of my clients products so we could take photos of it at this art gallery. Oh, and <laughs> so so I go, I'll take five minutes for work. I'll enjoy my time with my friends, but I'll take five minutes and do a little bit of work stuff. So I just try to be very mindful of it. And um. I also hate the term work-life balance, and, and I am very fond of, it's a, a life balance and stress management coach. His name is Jones Laughlin, and he calls it work-life blend. Oh, I because, like that. 
yeah, because at the end of the day, it really is just a blend of what your work and what your life looks like. And there's this happy little gray area that we all experience. And I, I think in most ways we should embrace it. Yeah, I do too. And I think that's the only way to do it. And the thing I love most about, I mean, there's lots of things I love about my job. And there's lots of things I hate too, but, um, is that not hate, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> dislike, but uh, once we started using Google Calendar for everyone in the company and then for my wife and family where we actually put things on there, um, you know, today's my son's last day of school. So there's something on the calendar that I have to be at at a certain time and that that then is part of our work calendar so everybody here knows where i'm going to be they know what i'm going to do and i have to do it so i have to do this family thing which sounds bad because i want to do it but you know what i mean like if you don't block off those pieces for your life in your business then it's not going to happen yeah and i i think that's probably the best way if you when i put a meeting on my calendar for a client you know i'm going to be there i'm committed to it so it's the same in our personal lives that when we block it off, when we write it down, all of a sudden you're you're committed to it. You're looking forward to it or you know you've got to move some things around or really get that project done so that you can take that time away for yourself. Yeah, it's funny you talk about bringing that product to girls night like yesterday. We went <laughs> we go we go up to this place called Mackinac Island at the end of the school year with all the 5th graders. So I was on a bus with like 100 I was it was fine, but it was loud. Um, but we have this clothing company here that we we um, did as a business called the Freshwater Apparel. And we have these shirts that say, don't be salty, because none of our lakes here have salt in them. And I'm like, I'm going to wear that. And my wife can take a bunch of pictures of me. And people ask me about you know, this company. I'm like, that's kind of, and I did it. But it's kind of like, all right, you know, I'm bringing work with me on my fifth graders field trip. So. Hey, when, when you can fit it in and I, I, think, I find that sometimes those are the most creative moments and, uh, at the girls night, we had tons of cookies and wine and cool. it ended up being some really beautiful shots to I'm share sure. on Instagram. So, and they're like, real, they're real. You didn't set it up. I mean, it was absolutely. stuff that you guys were doing, so it's probably really good stuff. Let's talk about employees a little bit. I know that you work with a lot of virtual employees, but I know you have dreams of having more and interns and things like that, but I don't really want to talk about like how we get them because we know how to do that. I think we're both pretty good at that. But how do you, you know, virtually or non-virtually, how do you keep them? And how do you, because I think we get so busy with doing things for clients and running the business and getting cash in and that our vision, even though you and I have it, and maybe it's even on our website, I think sometimes we forget to communicate and keep that vision going strong. So how do you make sure that your employees are as passionate? Uh, Because for them, it's just a job. I mean, like it or not, it's a job. Um, Mm -hmm. For you and I, it's more than that. But how do you convince them, and not even convince, but how do you get them to believe in what you're doing is greater than what um, they're doing on a daily basis? Uh, My approach is typically, you know, including them in on the spoils of war, where we've set clear goals and expectations. You know, I'm usually very thorough in, hey, this is what we're looking for, feel free to have your creative direction. So giving them that level of responsibility to also be a part of the project, but making sure whether virtual or not, whether I've worked with them for two hours or you know two months, um, to go back and say, hey, here's what we achieved, or this is, this is what it looked like, or this is, you know, the client really appreciated and this is what they had to say. Um, I think core to keeping 
employees happy. It's just being a part of their lives and, yeah. you know, having that rewarding experience. So it isn't just about the work. It isn't just about uh, them getting the assignment done, but you genuinely care that the work that you're doing is adding value to their career and experience. I, I think um, people really appreciate that. I know it's something that I really have appreciated in, in previous jobs where uh, I just try to take an interest in what they're doing outside of work and make sure they know that they're, you know, while they're at work, they're extremely valuable and giving them real examples of that. Yeah. And I think that's something that we always, I always have to remember to do because, you know, my employees are great. They love what they're doing and they love their job here, but I still have to remember that I have to go in and I have to tell them that every so often because no matter what, everybody loves hearing that. Yeah, yeah, we we love to hear our own names. We oh love my to gosh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's just really important to think about that. Where even if it's as simple as walking in and you know asking people how their day was or their weekend was, and just taking the five minutes to listen to what they've had going on and learning more about them, um, I think that is probably the greatest level of appreciation, and that's what keeps employees happy. Yeah, it's funny about the they love hearing their own name. That's a really good good I don't want to even call it a technique, but everybody does love hearing their first name. That's just something that I remember when I first started this company five years ago and I was an educator before this, so it was always Mr. Town. And then people started to call me Brian and I was almost like, Well, who 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 are you talking to? <laughs> you know? It's a breath of fresh air. Yeah. You know, we Ooh, it's, that's my name. it's less formal than using our last names. It you really feel engaged when yeah. you hear somebody say, you know, hey, Brian, you did a great job. How are you this morning, Brian? <laughs> That's right, Sharon. That is correct, Sharon. You're right. <laughs> so, Sharon, let's talk about um, some quick questions here. Give us a quote. I was, like I said, an educator, so I had cheesy quotes all the time, but I like them. What is one of your favorite quotes? Uh, one of my favorites is Marie Forleo. Love her site. Love what she's about. And she always says, the world needs that special gift that only you have. Hmm. And I try to live each and every day with that very principle where, you know, I go, I'm just a small peon in this pool, but I matter. The gift that I have matters. And, and it's the same. It's an extension um, outward, whether that's somebody I'm working with, my family, friends, or client. I like that a lot. And I think, you know, just by doing that and saying that to yourself, I think helps you but then i think when you th when you have that in your head and, and whether it's conscious or not i think people can tell absolutely absolutely it's um it's that mindset that you have is really an outward projection once you really embrace it and i find when i go because we've been doing a lot of networking over the last five years and I, and sometimes i'll find when we go to networking things that i just if i have it in my head you know i'll see a competitor and there i'll see or something went wrong that day when I, when I go into that networking event feeling that way, I'm no good. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, there's very, very much a strength in our mental capacity for things. So, I mean, it's what, what did they say? If you believe you're going to, uh, be good at it, you're right. If you believe you're going to be bad at it, you're also right. You're also it, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a mindset. Yeah. It's like going, I'm like, ah, oh, today I feel like an idiot. So I'm going to sound like an idiot. And what happens? I sound like an idiot. <laughs> so what I'm trying to do now is take a deep breath before I go in. And I'm, I'm not socially awkward. I'm very much an extrovert. I have no problem with that. Um, but I really have to set myself up for today. Um, 
you know, I'm going to be great. And today I'm going to make sure that people know that we're great and we have a great staff and, and I'm just going to have fun. And once I do that, I'm great. I love it. It's tons yeah. of fun, but it's a simple mindset kind of thing. It's weird. Absolutely. 100%. All this weird stuff we have to do as entrepreneurs. Why can't we just go to work and just go to work and leave? You know, <laughs> that's, what, that's what we used to do. Give us a book, um, a business book that you would recommend to our listeners. Um, well, in keeping with our, you know, social media, I love Guy Kawasaki Mm -hmm. and probably one of, for beginner social media or veteran is, uh, the art of social media. Uh, I think there are some very cool actionable steps throughout that book that you can take no matter what level you're at, level of experience you are with communications. Cool. Art of social media. I'll have to check that out. Mm -hmm. All right. So if you could have dinner. Sharon, with anyone, any business owner has to be a business owner. I guess it doesn't have to be. Who would it be and why? Oh, it would be the queen of Facebook, uh, Mari Smith. Really? <laughs> yes. Um, I love what how she is on social media. I kind of love some of her thoughts around the future and the progress of social media. So if I could have dinner with any one person, it would definitely be Mari Smith. How do you spell her first name? M-A-R-I. Okay, cool. I'll have to check her out. Yeah. What app? Give us an app or technology or software or anything that you use that's tech-related on a day-to-day basis that you couldn't live without. Canva. Yeah, Canva's Um, cool. Yeah, and I think it's this little-known secret, and it should just be more widely publicized. But if you have zero design skills, you know, but you have that creative mind or you need to get something really quick done, Canva has just been a lifesaver for me on a day-to-day basis, whether I'm you know, creating a visual presentation or just a, a graphic for social media. Yeah. And you can get the free version, which gives you plenty. But if you got the paid version, that's even better. Oh, um, yeah. I, I'm not a graphic designer at all, but I'm like, oh, I can edit video and I know I could probably do Photoshop. And oh, my God, that's awful. Like it's yeah. it's like puke. It, so <laughs> Canva, I can do Canva and I love it. And the nice thing about Canva, too, is not just that you can design stuff, but the shapes and the sizes Um, have to be pretty particular for certain things on all different social media channels. And so if you don't know much about the, you know, the measurements and the pixels and all that stuff, that definitely helps you get it exactly right. Yeah. And then you never have to worry about cut off images on Twitter because (laughs) you killed an image from Facebook. (laughs) Yep. I do like Canva. All right. So somebody is interested in learning more and they want to learn from you and they um, really like what they've heard today as, as I did as well. How do they best get with you and what's the first step they should take? Social media. Um, I am on Twitter. It's usually the best way to contact me because I'm like, I'm very much that sense of immediacy or, you know, reaching out and my name across all social networks is I'm social savvy. Yep. Um, so that's really a great way. But if you have two minutes to take a look at my website, which is also I'm social there are tons of contact boxes. Um, and I love just hearing from small business owners about some of the challenges they're facing. Uh, I, I tend to learn some really new and cool stuff about different industries when, you know, you submit into that contact form and have a, just a 30 minute coffee chat with me. Um, so yeah, definitely social media. I'm social savvy website. I'm social savvy. Um, the best means to get in touch with me. Good. We'll put up all that in the show notes. All right. So last question, but it's a big one. 
what do you think or what do you hope that your legacy, Sharon Haddon's, will be? Huh. I, I hope my legacy will just be, you know, I want to be known as the person who always reached back. I am. I, I love that you were saying you're 17 years as an educator before this. And for me, I feel like that is the most rewarding experience when I can teach somebody something mm-hmm. or show something. So I hope my legacy will one day soon be, you know, the go-to person to learn about, you know, communications for small business, the go-to person to scale your social media strategy. Um, uh, yeah, that's ultimately, I want my, my legacy to be, you know, I'm social savvy. <laughs> cool. Making everyone else social savvy too in training. And I love that education piece. I think that's, that's brilliant. And I think people must really, really appreciate having that power and sort of empowering them to do their own social media, which is really cool. Cause a lot of them don't think they can. Yeah. Yeah. And in just 10 minutes a day, you yeah. can become an expert like, you know, like the experts. <laughs> They're just not going to need us anymore, Sharon. <laughs> They'll need us All just right. for different reasons. <laughs> well, Sharon, thank you so much for taking and getting up early and taking some time out of your day today. I really enjoy talking to you. Absolutely. Same to you, Brian, and wishing you the best success and the same. Uh, congratulations to your son. <laughs> yes, he's not a fifth grader anymore. So now he's <laughs> now he's in middle school. He's getting so old, which means I'm old. So <laughs> Sharon Haddon is the principal consultant, which we're changing to CEO just on the show, just so you know, for Social Savvy Consulting Group. And she is teaching people all over the place how to be social savvy themselves and really enjoyed having her on. So make sure that you check out the show notes, check out her website, follow her on Twitter and check out Facebook. She is just doing some outstanding things and we look forward to seeing what she does in the next few years. So with that, everyone, thanks again for joining us. I'm Brian Town, the host of The Business Machine and also CEO of Michigan Creative. Have a great day and remember guys, your goal as a CEO and entrepreneur is to make everyone around you better than you are. Talk to you soon.